When I look around my little world, I am surrounded by successful, strong, motivated women leaving their mark. From fitness instructors to florists to wedding planners to restaurant owners and everything in between, our state in particular is filled with badass female entrepreneurs. Everyone has a story to tell, a mission, a passion to fulfill, an obstacle or two they had to overcome. They may be living out their dreams or still working to get there. When I hear of like-minded women fulfilling or working towards achieving their goals, there is nothing more motivating or inspiring. This is an outlet for them to share their stories, their truths, their woes and triumphs with all of us. These stories are meant to motivate and leave us feeling empowered and empathetic towards others. Everyone has a story to tell. I'm giving them a way to do it. Anna Maria and I met when I was still in college, 10 plus years ago. I interned with her one summer where she introduced me to the world of social media, the tools and power of it all, way before what it is now. Marco was friends with her husband, Tristan, and then they introduced Anna Maria and I, knowing we would hit it off. Marco and I actually bartendered their wedding. I just remembered this actually. Anna Maria is so humble and sweet when you hear her story and who she's rubbed elbows with and who she's worked with and where she's come from. It's so inspiring. She has lived nine lives and has no plans of slowing down. She is constantly reinventing herself and never limits her reach or puts a cap on her dreams. You want something done, you go to Anna Maria. Starting her career in fashion, she has evolved into dominating the tech world. I could have listened to her all day and we are definitely having lunch soon so we can pick up on where we left off. Anna Maria is someone to watch. How are you? I'm good. Good. Well, thank you for having me at your office today. We are at your place of business, Simplified Impact, at um, in the South County Commons. Yeah. So, I kind of want to start from the beginning because you are not. You're from Columbia. Yeah. Born. That's where I'm born. So, would you give me a little bit of background of what it's like growing up there and and? Um, yeah. So, um, I was born there. I was there until I was six years old. So I guess I didn't spend as much time, but I have gone back um, a lot back and forth. I think what's most, um, what's different about me coming here. And I guess when I came to this country, I went to a school with nobody spoke Spanish, like zero. Wow. So that was really... And you knew no English? No, I didn't know any English. Yeah. So that was really difficult. Um, and it was at a different time where um, maybe being different wasn't as accepted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I can tell you the craziest stories, and I guess that's when, you know, we're talking. Um, so my mom would actually have to cross the street, and we would have to cross the street to speak in Spanish. Because they would tell us, they would say, this is America, speak English. But we didn't speak English. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I swear. It's so that's crazy. terrible. Isn't that crazy? So, um... Yeah. Where were you living when you moved here? New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So it was like, it was very, it was a very traumatic, mm-hmm. but like it really taught me to blend and learn and strive. Like I've always been a striver and I think mm-hmm. about like, you know, just having to overcome these like big challenges at such a small age, like being six right. and being like, 
oh my gosh, like, I don't, you know, and, oh, and the other thing is, like, I'm, like, I'm a huge talker. I talk, 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 talk. <laughs> and especially when I was little, I see that in my daughter now. So I would talk to my friends, friends, because they didn't, they didn't even know what I was saying in Spanish, and they would start to cry because they didn't know what I was saying. Right. Oh, it's so creepy. Like, they were scared or Yeah, they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, alien girl. Wow. <laughs> so um, one of the funny things that I would do I went to a, real, a small um, Catholic school at the time, so this was easier to do. I would, I learned how to save. Can I go to the bathroom like really quick? Probably mm-hmm. within the first like month. That's another thing. Like, you know, when you're that small, your brain is just so fluid. You can learn really fast. Mm-hmm. And when you have to, I mean, by December. So we started school in September. By December, we could communicate. Right. Um, and I would raise my hand and I would say. Um, can I go to the bathroom or whatever, however I said it. And they would be like, okay. And I would sneak into my sister's classroom mm-hmm. and I'd sit with her and you'd hear over the loudspeaker, you know, Anna Maria is missing again. And they'd go looking for me through the school. It was a small school. So is she older? Um, she's younger, but she was always like stronger and she didn't mind. She wasn't, she's quieter. She didn't care that nobody talked to her. She was like, whatever. Yeah. Okay, I didn't want to talk to them anyway, <laughs> no matter what language they speak. So... <laughs> So when did the transition, you know, after you learned English, did you feel like it got easier and better and people accepted you more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I do. And I think um, it's interesting. I've just had so many interesting moments. And I think um, it's been good. I feel like I learned um, to speak English really well, which is great. Um but I say that because, you know, maybe growing up there were instances where, like, people might have said something to somebody else, you know, that was rude or disrespectful or borderline racist. And because I had that experience when I was younger and mm-hmm. I did learn so well, mm-hmm. like, I almost could blend, you know, so it's a, yeah. it's a really interesting dynamic. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so growing up in Colombia, let's go back to there for a minute. Uh-huh. What was that like? Is it like you see, I mean, I haven't been, I've been, I've traveled a lot, but Colombia, I've never been. Uh-huh. Is it, um, what's the culture like and how have you incorporated or have you incorporated any of the culture into your life here? Um, a little bit, um, from the music. I mean, I'm still fluent. I speak, um, with my parents in Spanish. Does your daughter um, know Spanish? She does. I mean, she's not fluent, but she does. Good. And she's lying. Yeah. She loves it. Um, but yeah, so one thing that's different is like in school, you get, you leave early. So you leave around like 2.30 um, because everybody eats together earlier. So mm-hmm. that's like really important. And mm-hmm. I, for us growing up, like it was really important for us to eat together. And we always ate really early. Um you know, we'd get out at school at three and by three thirty, we'd like be having dinner, which oh, wow. was kind of weird, but that's how you, you know, we did it in Colombia. So bringing that in, I would say, um, things are more hand, like everything's handmade. And mm-hmm. so, um, any traditional food, like if there was a corn meal involved or something, like my mom would actually like grind the corn. Wow. So when I was growing up, like, you know, she did that, she doesn't do that anymore. She's like, got that, <laughs> we're buying it. But you know, she like grind the mm-hmm. corn and things like, um, Oh my gosh, it's so funny. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of my friends eventually started to become more integrated into how I am. And I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, see, you're becoming more and more Colombian. 
because <laughs> we just like travel in packs and we're always like around a lot of people mm. and to him that used to be overwhelming and now I'm it's sure. like he's like oh yeah whatever it's fine um but um so you know things are fresh oh one of the things that's different like in Colombia when you go to um a birthday party you get a little chick because everybody has like chickens but then you raise it and eat it oh my gosh <laughs> isn't that crazy yes but my sister and I would never eat the chick because we'd be oh, like yeah that was my pet so you raise chickens though oh yeah everybody does. like one at a time or would you have m- multiple no you have like one or two mm. most wow because everybody so we lived in like a um like an apartment but like a nice like a really nice apartment and even in those apartments, you always have, like, a little backyard for, you know... Your, yeah. your chicken. For your chicken. <laughs> you, yeah. So fun. Yeah. yeah we I had did. chickens for a little bit. They are amazing. They're so cool. Yeah, they I are. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't want to eat them, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was... That's different. You know, like, nobody here gets a chick. Like, you literally... No. Like, People will be like, are you crazy? <laughs> I have nowhere to put this. I don't have time for it. I know. It's such a different mind. Yeah. Everything's a lot slower and just different, you know. Um, even still, like, not everywhere, not in the cities, but where a lot of my family lives, like, during the day, like, you just kind of, like, everyone leaves their doors open and you just kind of hop around and, like, visit family and your, or mm-hmm. friends or like a very like just more fluid and social yeah Yeah. it's kind of like if you've ever been to Italy similar like everyone's just like popping around everyone's friends and family socializing Mm -hmm. yeah they're more worried about social life than like working right you just want to work enough to like get by but yeah having like that social life is really important so when you go back do you have to kind of take a breath and immerse yourself are you able to or is it hard to kind of disconnect because you know you've Um, grown up here for so long now yeah it depends um Mostly it's fun because we don't go for that long. So mm-hmm. it's nice to just disconnect. You're just, on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's That's not. Good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've gone for a few weeks at a time and I'd like to take my daughter for like a good month or so. Yeah. So that would be good for her and like put her in school and. Wow. But, Do your family still there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. My dad lives there. I mean, oh, he just wow. recently moved there um, when he retired, but I have a ton of family. So my mom is one of 16 kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I have a 16? 16. Yeah. I have like 60 first How cousins. is that even physically possible? Oh, I don't know. So my <laughs> grandmother, I think she had her first kid when she was like 17. And she had her last kid when she was 45. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, I probably couldn't have kids at 45. I'm like, I guess when you've been having them that long. Yeah, you're probably just, matter. yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, doesn't... Well, she probably could have had them until she was 60. <laughs> That's amazing. One, so how, what age is she compared? Where is she in my the mom? 16? Yeah. She's like eight. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. That must have been, what a childhood. Yeah, insane. Yeah, so they had, um, she grew up on a farm, but like a giant like acres. I yeah. would say like over 100 acres. And mm-hmm. they had like coffee and animals. And I mean, huge, huge farms. Wow. Beautiful beautiful I bet like, I'm like just breathtaking yeah yeah because I got to visit them um when I was a teenager um before they sold them and stuff and it's so beautiful oh, that must have been an experience yeah just to see how your mom lived in such a different way too must be oh really, yeah like yeah. animals everywhere and like it's just really different mm-hmm. yeah she didn't I mean I think her most of her brothers really took to the like the farm life and some mm-hmm. of them still um have like smaller farms 
but most of her sisters were like not into it Mm -hmm. like including my mom she was like just not not fan yeah no yeah like she doesn't I think it's different maybe when you grow up like she's not like oh my god like you know she likes animals but she's not like she doesn't want to play with them yeah no I get that that makes sense (laughs) she's like gross so what brought your family here why did you know your parents wake up one day and say let's go to the U.S. Um, I think, you know, my dad saw a lot of opportunity. Right. So my dad was just him and his brother and he was more like an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. like really saw, you know, just like he could give us a better life. Mm-hmm. So just kind of the American dream story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So we came here. But he ended up going back obviously once he just yeah, was I done. And he just wants to like a slow life. Now, yeah. You know? He doesn't. And living here, cool. yeah, and you know, in New Jersey, especially like where we grew up, it's changed so much. It's so busy, mm-hmm. and there's just mm-hmm. so much. Um, we grew up like really close to New York City, and there, the construction, and I mean, to get anywhere is like yeah, a process. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's like an hour. My sister makes fun of me. She's like, seriously, she's like, you act like you're. She's like, you grew up here, but I think it is like. Anything that would take you 10 minutes and, like, 3 o'clock in the morning because, you know, there's no one on the road, mm-hmm. once it's, like, 9 a.m., it's going to take you a good hour. Sure. I believe it. so many people on the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and probably um, roadblocks. And, I mean, it's, like, going around Newport these days. Yeah. There's so many, you know, uh, turn here, turn here, you know, yeah. can't go that way, the bridge. Blah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so... You moved to New Jersey, and then what brought you to Rhode Island? Uh, my husband. Okay. Yeah, so I met him in Hoboken. Hi, Tristan. <laughs> in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and it was, in, like, that whole area of New York City. He was working in Manhattan um, and Staten Island, and, you know, just that whole area. And he just was – it was not for him. He hated it. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, this is not how you live. I was like, oh – me about that <laughs> you know because I was at the time I was working in the fashion industry and I actually um I was working like seven days a week I had the keys to the building and I would just go open the building oh up gosh. and like yeah just go work that's what I did I worked 24 7 and he was like no yeah. so we moved here um took some time off of just working and trying to figure out like our next career paths mm-hmm. and yeah and then yeah yeah, yeah. so we have a little bit of a history. So yeah. we met, I'm trying to remember exactly how we met, just through Tristan, Tristan think, and Marco. Yeah. yeah. And you were in, I was in college majoring in um, communication and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with that degree. And you were this entrepreneur with such a successful um, company already. And you took me as an intern. Yeah. Um, we were up in your apartment. Yeah. On like the third floor. Yeah, so crazy. Um, just you know, over overlooking Bellevue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that so vividly. And yeah. I kind of just learned Hootsuite and yeah. the marketing world and social media, and that was really before social media is what it is now, of course. Yeah. Um, and you knew all the insides outs, inside outs, and you really taught me. Um, I think things I use to this day, probably, you know? Oh, that's um, so awesome. <laughs> and then, yeah, we kind of, you know, went our separate ways for a little bit. And then I started this podcast and you 
reached out so generously to discuss um, just woman to woman, I think, just like wanting to help, which is amazing. So yeah. I truly appreciate that. Um, so now that was like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and now you own yes. Simplified Impact. So tell me a little bit about how you got from your apartment in Newport to here. Oh my gosh. So um, when I was in my apartment, I was, you know, I had, I did have a business, um, social media brand. I can't even remember the name. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of it. Um, but it was more of a freelance position. Yes. So yes. I used to do, so I worked with a couple of PR agencies in Manhattan who I had become friends with from my time in the fashion industry. Um, social market branding, that was the name of it. Yes. yes and yes. Um, so that was really great because it introduced me and like forced me to learn so much about social media and video and editing and I got mm-hmm. to work with some amazing accounts um and then from there I went on to work locally in Newport with um one of the hotel groups and then um I just wasn't you know I just I'm such a striver and I just wasn't feeling like there was a career path there for me mm-hmm. um so I went to work and Boston for a big agency there and that agency got bought out by another agency in Manhattan and I ended up um, in New York they had offices in Manhattan and Long Island and I ended up commuting to the Long Island office for six years and working there um, building their content marketing department it went from literally the first day I remember when I started they were like you know the CEO was like well I don't believe in social media and the reason we bought this agency was because we are an AdWords company and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. He's like, so there's probably not going to be a position for you here. And I was like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you why you're wrong. I know. So I was like, so I've just always been that kind of person. I was like, okay, I'll figure this out. And I got myself invited to all these things. I just started, I was in their face. I'm like, I'm going to change your mind. And, you know, within those six years, I built an entire department around like many of my ideas got to travel all over the U.S. speaking with the CEO around like mm-hmm. social and why it was so important. Oh my gosh. It was so crazy. So yeah, it was like <laughs> you completely changed his mind. Yeah, we, it was it was completely different by the time we had left. And honestly, you know, we were driving really great traffic and and um, leads through everything we were doing. Like it was it was amazing. So we had a really great run there. Um, and then. Um, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I went out on my own, Simplified Impact. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna do this for myself. The traveling was like killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, here I am. And so what is Simplified Impact? Simplified Impact is a boutique agency that is here to serve um, business to business businesses. So we're more of a B2B. So any business that is serving other businesses we're really good at. We're a really great lead nurturing, lead generating um, type of agency. We do work with some e-commerce clients, um, but that's not, I would say that's not our strength. I would just say that we really have figured out the formula for lead nurturing. So um, we excel at that. And our e-commerce clients are, we do an amazing job for them. But again, it's more in driving leads to them mm-hmm. and driving sales rather than um like I have so, I have friends I have a friend I have 
particular thinking of um, that I can introduce you to for <laughs> when you do the guys podcast who does a e-commerce only type of um, agency okay but again because he is that that good like his prices are not sometimes affordable by new brands mm-hmm. um, and one of my missions so I guess you can say I have two sides of the business one side is the side that really works with really with big companies such as uh, engineers, medical, pharmaceuticals, um, cybersecurity, and that really drives our business. That's wow. where we can bring in some healthy retainers. Mm-hmm. And then there's another side of the company, and that I'm trying to navigate and understand because it sometimes takes a little bit more time from us, um, where we want to help businesses that other agencies can't Mm -hmm. because there's um, a price point issue Mm -hmm. and we know what the tactics need to be but the hours that need to be put into it are they're just a lot so that you can't you know most agencies they can't they either work with them and don't do a great job Mm -hmm. or they work with them or they just don't they're like you know you can't So So you're kind of trying to be the the middleman here. Yeah, and I and and we take on some of those clients so that we can. I just want to give back, you know. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I don't want to turn, and there are people that I'm like, okay, can't you know? I I need to focus on the part that's growing too. But there are some businesses, some of the um, smaller brands and some of the e-coms that we do take on, and um, we help them to grow and we help them to like excel. Wow. So what are some types of companies that you work with just across, you said the e-commerce and that, so it can be any type of brand or are you focused on a specific? Mm -mm. It can be anyone. Any type, yeah. But again, that's not like what we mostly do, Mm -hmm. so we really try to focus on the B2B side and then the e-commerce and the brand building is more like more like a personal thing you know so Mm -hmm. like if I see someone that or someone comes to me and I'm like you know what there's a lot of potential here they Mm -hmm. just really need some great direction Mm -hmm. and they can like self-navigate and I can just help them and like give them right direction right so then it's like that like I don't and that's why we're revamping all of our um, branding because I really that that I want it to be more of um of a heartfelt rather than like a business approach Wow, that's amazing. So what is a B2B for like an example of that? Um, so yeah, people that, so like um, we work with cybersecurity, right? So they provide um, cybersecurity for other businesses. Mm-hmm. And so another client does um, like medical parts for um, hospitals. So things like okay. that. Like, so they're like, businesses that are providing a service to other businesses gotcha gotcha yeah wow interesting Mm -hmm. what got you why do you think you ended up in this realm um I know funny right because I went to school for fashion Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think because I really have a sixth sense sixth sense for selling I'm really good at selling um I was really good in my agency I was I I just so I understand salespeople and business to businesses work with a lot of salespeople and how to drive sales. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't see it like, you know, oh, I went away from, you know, the fashion or something fun. Cause to me, sales are so fun. <laughs> and, like figuring out how to make that sale and like understanding like personalities and what drives <laughs> a sale and, you know, 
how does this person react to this? So, so, and I, I don't know. I just have like a, a thing for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's passion. Yeah. So when you were, you went to school in London, mm-hmm. so you were in school in London for fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, were you happy doing it at that moment? Was this what you thought you wanted to do? Or did you know when you were doing it, this isn't for me, but hey, I'll give it a try. Oh no, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved, you know, and I, when I was doing it, I did it a hundred percent. And when I did, um, when I worked, I worked a lot of years in fat in the fashion industry, um, and I was really good at selling then too. And I was really good at like, you know, I've always been, everyone's always selling. You're selling mm-hmm. yourself, you're selling your right. ideas, you're selling, you know? And I've, and I think that's why I've gotten, I was able to escalate that too. Like things that I do, I always take them to like this other level mm-hmm. because, because I know how to sell, I can sell an idea. I can sell like, like I just can put things together. I don't know. I look at things and I'm like, okay, this is how they should go. So just because I'm not doing it with clothes, you know, and right, yeah. so I'm just putting yeah. things together. And it's like, okay, if I puzzled this together like this, you have a marketable product, right? Interesting. So, I'm just picturing your brain being like X Y Z plus M L. Yeah, but same thing with clothes. Like, you know, we would look at it and be like, okay, like if we, you know, merchandise like this, and going to school in London was really different than here, um, because like for history class we would go to the museums, like, mm. and we would, you know, so it was like Maybe everything was culturized. Exactly. Were you there for four years? Um, I was there for two and a half. So I started here at Marymount and then I stayed there and I was like, because I was like, when I went there, I was like, this is how, this is how school should be. Wow. Um, Because it's just like, it was so different. Like to learn color, we actually um, studied crystals and prisms and like, Mm. you know, to understand like how color reacts to light as opposed to like, oh, you know, here's a Pantone color that matches. Yes, right. Look at the bug. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it's just like, it was just such a different way. What was your actual major? Fashion design. Fashion design. Yeah. Okay. And I did, I did fashion design and merchandising for a long time. I got to go to China. I worked with factories, like, and again, it was like, for me, like meeting other cultures like I remember being in China and my boss was like oh we're gonna do this and I was like no no I'm gonna go with like you know the women that work do the intake of like um the orders or whatever and they were going to the factory I'm like I want to go to mainland and I want to see that and I want to do this and he was like oh I don't know about that I'm like no I was like I just want to see and I want to experience and I want to learn and just like dive into Mm -hmm. people's minds and Mm -hmm. like how they work I love that yeah yeah so interesting I know I'm just sitting here like wow I could talk about this all day <laughs> um so did you stay in London after school no I came home and then I got a job uh and then I worked freelance um worked part-time for a designer and then I freelanced for a while and then I got you know a full-time job and what was their head designer um uh, for like three or four years and then from there um, I left that to start Smart School, which was like fashion and tech and yeah. Let's talk about Smart School. So that was um, that was started with another friend, Erin uh, Darby, and she, it was actually her idea. She had this idea. It was at the time that Paris Hilton was really popular, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, just talking about just like dumb things, and she was so dumb. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, she, and she's probably not, you right. know. But it's a the way she exactly mm-hmm. her persona was like dumb is cool. Mm-hmm. So um, Arian was like smart is cool, and she's like obsessed with reading the dictionary. So she would kind of pull up all these words and be like, look at this word and look at that word. And she thought words were so beautiful. So she's like, we should put them on t-shirts and like you know put them out there. So um, she started to do that. I joined her and. Um, we were in over 250 boutiques and like oh my really, gosh yeah it was big yeah yeah it was big. it was it do was you still big. have t-shirts yeah i do <laughs> yeah i do i have some of them um and yeah i mean we were it was an ins- it was the most fun i've ever had in my entire life wow it was so i would go back to that moment i mean i'm so different but Oh my gosh! It was yeah, so fun. just in that moment of life, it was. Yeah. yeah, we had a we had a full functioning factory in Brooklyn, so we cut some. Oh my gosh! Dive. When you do things, you do things. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Yeah. I don't play small. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Full functioning. Yeah. Like we. It was so awesome. Uh, unfortunately, in two thousand and eight, when the market crashed, like a lot of the boutiques, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. went down. Like, mm-hmm. and there was just a lot of things that happened between that two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine that things just started to spiral down for everybody. You know, yeah, it was like right. a whole, it yeah, was felt throughout absolutely. the nation. And um, we stepped away from it. Um, and, you know, there's always been, like, we still own the trademark and we've always wanted, wondered, like, you know, how do we go back to it and things like that. Um, but it was, it was, oh, it was so wild. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, we actually had um, two really great business coaches. One was... Geraldine Laybourne, who started the Oxygen Network um, wow. with Oprah. And then the other one was Steve Mazarski, who, like, oh, who's one of the people. I didn't know him for so long, and I think we were connected in some other way because he mm-hmm. was just such a game changer. He um, discovered Cindy Lauper. He managed the Allman Brothers. He oh my gosh. managed, yeah, um, Aerosmith. He sold a company for $84 million to Marble. Like, he was just like, how did ins- you meet him? we met him you know I've always been really lucky and I think this is why I I have that part of my business where I give back the people have always been very giving to me like they've always like shared they're like oh I know someone that can help you and Mm -hmm. I know this person I know that person well isn't that what it's about yeah yeah Yeah. so so we met him through a friend of a friend and he took a meeting with us and he was like yeah I'll work with you and actually funny how we met um, Geraldine was I saw Geraldine speak at a conference and this was before Facebook was huge. I mean, this was in 2006 or 2005. And we found her on Facebook and we wrote her a letter about how her, me and Aaron, how her speech was just like everything we stood for. And she wrote us back and she was like, I want to meet you and I want to work with you. Oh my that gosh. Crazy? Yeah, that's how. And then we worked with Verizon too. Verizon was a huge backer of, of all that we did and we were one of the first companies that worked with their um one of their foundations and the way we met him them was i was at a starbucks on 39th and 10th in manhattan and there was this like hot guy man he was so good looking <laughs> and i was like listening to him talk about verizon and blah 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 and what he does and how he has to like do something for the foundation i literally got up and went over to him i was like i've got what you need for your foundation and he was like, what? So, and he was like, okay, tell me about it. You know, and 
um, just to tell you, he was meeting his boyfriend, which I was so disappointed about at the time. But not, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, he was like, okay, do a presentation for us. And we went to Verizon headquarters. And I remember being in the car with Aaron, and Aaron's like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, we're going to do a kick-ass presentation. And she goes, kick-ass? It's me, <laughs> you, and these t-shirts. I'm like, yeah. That's a, and we went, we presented, and they were like, yeah, we're in. Let's do it. And they took us to a ton of their, like, when they would have openings and they would do, like, stores and stuff, they would have us there and be like, oh, yeah, these are, like, you know, the smart school girls, and this oh is what they're gosh. behind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, when I was in college, my first year of college, I needed a, vape, a job, and there was this thing called a penny saver in Westchester, and someone was looking for a babysitter, and it was like Tuesdays and Fridays or something. And I called the woman. I was like, okay, I have, um, I mean, the person you're looking for, they're like, oh, we just hired someone. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, your dates and hours that you need are the dates and hours that I have off to work. And I can't get another job and I need a job. So I'm like, I'm telling you, if you meet me, you're going to love me and you're going to hire me. <laughs> and I went there and her son loved me. And I ended up working with them for years. And it turns out that she... Her husband was the current at the time. This is in 1998, CEO of AOL. What is your life? Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, I just and maybe that's the message. It's like you, if you just make like just make shit happen, like just do it. Well, that's you know, I called in my actually for my podcast with Mariel. I called her lucky, and someone actually came wrote me and said, "Don't call her lucky. She makes it happen." Mm -hmm. And I think. That was just, I loved that. And I think that's what you, don't call yourself lucky. You are making these things happen. Mm -hmm. However, if you're, I mean, manifestation is such like a, you know, trendy word right now, but like whatever you're doing to bring this in, it's what you're doing purposely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just have to have your ears open for opportunity. What do you you think it is about you? What do you think, um, got you this way? Are your, are your parents like this? Is, where's the spunk and charisma? I think honestly, and that's what I was saying in the beginning was it comes from like being a small child who had to figure it out quick because I was so out of place. And I was like, Amazing. okay. And I was just like, you know, this chatty Kathy who wanted to be everyone's friend, but nobody understood me. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to figure out that, this out quick because I need some friends. <laughs> you know, it makes me just think how our world today, we coddle so much. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, you know, this just, this makes me think it, it, we, we shouldn't coddle. You know, you, mm-hmm. you kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. You have to persevere. You those, yeah. You need, you need that. Um, you need to practice mm-hmm. for a long time so that mm-hmm. you could get to a place where you're like, yeah, I've done this before. I can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So my daughter's an only child and we have my nieces come and stay with us in the summer and they fight like crazy. And my husband's like, ah, oh, they fight too much. I'm like, it's so good for her. It's really good for her to like, you know, to not be like the queen and to be yeah, knocked and down. Work and with to, others. Yeah. yeah. That's, those are life skills. Mm-hmm. It's true. So what do you think, you know, you have, and not in a negative way, it's just, I don't know how else to say it. You've, you know, gone from career to career to career. Mm-hmm. What do you think that that, you attribute that to it? Or why do you think that, do you just feel like one is just, you kind of maxed out and you're on to the next? Like you, you've got what you yeah. wanted from it and then you... I think that everything has organically happened. The only mm-hmm. time I've ever left something that I didn't want to be at was when I left, um 
the fashion industry mm-hmm. and then went to smartest school which I don't consider that was more like a techie with you know a flair of fashion um and it was because everyone was so mean and I just didn't like just didn't feel good yeah so just like to the degree of meanness that I was like this is terrible these are terrible people and I don't want to become them yeah right. um but that industry right it's tough it's tough and you know and it's and and I don't want to um generalize you know maybe not everyone's like that but I if anyone has seen um the Devil Wears Prada mm. I mean that's so accurate is it really oh my gosh wow. it's very accurate they wow. everyone's mean everyone's mean and they're everyone's entitled and it's just and I didn't like it I didn't want to be there and I was becoming that and I didn't want to become that mm-hmm well, it's good that you had the wherewithal to know, yeah. you know, separate yourself from that. Yeah, and I had a great closet, but I was a shitty person, so I was like, you know what? <laughs> we got to change this fast. Yeah. I mean, you have had, you're clearly, like, every endeavor you've done is successful. What is next for you? I know you want to grow this, but do you see something brewing or, you know, what, what, what's that mind doing? So, we're actually working on a software um, that we hope to really change um, how small businesses can enter um, the marketplace and really grow. But I don't know. Everything always happens organically. Like, I don't mm-hmm. purposely go from here to there. It's right, just like, right. just what and, and I'm okay with that because you know what? Like, um, failure is okay by me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm a chameleon and I can handle it, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, it's okay. That's yeah. fine. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure something. Something's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I actually have, so I end every podcast with um, our fun rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. So you ready? Yeah. Summer, winter, fall, or spring? Summer. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. Would you go back in time or into the future? Into the future. Do you, do you have like a year? That I would go into the future? Mm-hmm. Mm, or like, ten, that I would, 10 years from now. Mm. I would love my future self to be like, this is where you're going. So I can be more, I guess what I'm doing, so I'm about to be 40 actually. And I think what I'm doing now that I haven't done before is being more intentional about where I'm going. I've never done that. I've just done it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this opened up. Okay, I'm going here. And it's just like, go with it. And I, and I want to, I'm hoping that my future self is like, Hell yeah, that's what it took, you know? I think you're I think you're on that path for sure. Yeah. That's exactly what your life story is. Um, if you won the lottery, what is the first thing you would buy? Oh, what would I buy? I don't know. I'd probably buy like a big boat for Tristan or something. <laughs> I don't Aww. know. Yeah, like a like a mega boat that we could all like travel yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mega boat. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um Oh my gosh, I've received so much good advice. I'm sure. I mean, I'm like, I've had so many great... Um, or what is one thing that you always tell someone then? How about that? I think, like, trust. You know, just trust. I tell people, like, just, like, you're on... No matter what, I mean, just trust where you're going. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's amazing. I think everyone, yeah, just you know the process. Just like go with it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what pulls you. Go with it because there's amazing things on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list, or what's something on your bucket list? 
Um, I know this isn't very rapid. I mean, I have so many things. I'm like trying to think like, so I journal every day of like all these things that I want to happen in my life, but I don't know if they're like bucket list things. Um, oh, a quick one. I want to do a half marathon this year. So that's like, a, wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So huh? that would be like, are you a, training? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be an immediate bucket list thing. Mm. Well, good luck. <laughs> What's the last thing you cooked? Uh, oh my gosh. I make dinner every day. I made, um, oh, well this morning, I don't know if it's cooking, but it was delicious. <sighs> I did, um, an avocado toast, but instead of toast, I used a rice cake. Oh. And then I put like a little bit of salt and like vinegar on top. Oh my God, it was so good. But Ooh. I love to cook. I mean, I cook pretty much every day. Yeah. yeah oh, really I good. would love to know some of your recipes. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. Cats or dogs? I would say both. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, do you have both? No, I don't. Tristan's allergic to cats. I love cats, but we're thinking about getting a dog. Oh, fun. Yeah. What's your least favorite chore? Cleaning the bathroom. Oh, yes. If you could go into the past, what would you change or what would you do again? Definitely smartest school years and I wouldn't change a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the first thing you do when you wake up? Uh, oh my gosh. I get up at four and I read this book called The Miracle Morning. So I run yeah. through that. Like, you know, meditation, journaling, um, exercise. All that 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. What time do you go to bed? Usually I go to bed early, like 9, I yeah, You'd have to. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? That early question bird. is answered. Yeah. Pool or ocean? Ocean. If you could go, if you could visit one place on earth, where would you go? I mean, that I've never been. I want to go to Africa. I want to go to mm, Thailand. Yeah, yeah, me too. If you were invisible, what would you do? Or where would you go? If I was invisible, uh-huh. um, I'd probably scare Tristan. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's good. What would I do? No, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was really, really great. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. is awesome.